Come on, let's give it up. Well, how many love Jesus? At Equip, as we say, unexpressed love is not love. You know, if you love somebody, you express it. It's just like at a wedding, you know, you express love. But imagine if there was only time. You express love, and you know, from that moment forth, you never told your spouse, your partner, that you love them. You know, I really believe it's so important that when we come together, you know, that we express our love for Jesus. Whether you've been a Christian 30 years or three days, it doesn't matter. You know, we've got to express our love. So come on, just for 10 seconds or so, as a church, can we lift our voices? Come on, we, can we express our love to Him? Come on, He's been so good to us. Come on, can we honor Him in this place? Can we lift our voices and, and declare His goodness, His grace, His unfailing love? Lord, we, we love You today. We magnify You in our lives. We exalt You today. Lord, we declare You're high and You're lifted up. And we lift You above every situation, every circumstance. We declare you're powerful, you're strong, you're able. Lord, today, Lord, we put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. Lord, we thank you. You are the glory and you're the lifter of our heads. In Jesus' name. Lord, we don't hold back our praise, but we give it to you. We give our hearts fully to you. Come on, can we give God one more big, come on, big shout of praise, come on. Come on, let's give her a big clap. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad to be in church with you today. You may take your seat. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Isaiah chapter 52. By the way, we've got new music coming out called a live album at Shout Conference this year. And uh, that's coming out this week. The first part, part one of that, six songs are coming out this week, so download them on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever that's this week. Also, uh, we've had teams uh, away in the Philippines and India, just having a phenomenal impact in those nations as well, and so they're on their way home. Uh, but I just love the testimonies of what God's doing and uh, the breakthroughs that are happening. I know many people are on a, a fast, in fact, the last week of a fast a lot of people are enjoying vegetables out there in Jesus' name. Vegetables for Jesus. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, we're seeing significant breakthrough. I heard one guy, just a supernatural breakthrough uh, to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars in his business have taken place as he's fasted. You know, another testimony of a, a, a girl suffered from migraines, normally couldn't get to sleep till the early hours of the morning. This week has been sleeping well in Jesus' name. There was another person who came for prayer last Sunday night, uh, had a friend up at hospital sick, prayed, believed God together. And uh, in that moment, just felt God was healing them. Went up to the hospital after the service, and uh, got to the hospital, and their friend was being released from hospital. Come on, can we clap our hands for what God's doing? Come on, for how many has God done something amazing in their life this year? Come on, lift your hand. Yeah, God's an incredible. He's working 
all around us. He's doing incredible things. And for the next two weeks, I really want to center in on this whole subject of thanksgiving. Many people want to know the will of God for their lives. Well, here it is. Here's the will of God for your life. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says you're to rejoice always. You're to pray without ceasing. And the Bible says, and, and, and in everything, you're to give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you? It's to give thanks in everything, in all situations. And uh, I believe when you have a thankful heart, you know, it's there you begin to walk into everything that God's purposed and God's promised for your life in Jesus' name. Well, Isaiah chapter 52 says, listen to this. Verse one, it says, wake up, wake up, just in case you didn't get it the first time. Just, you, just in case you hit snooze, uh, Isaiah says, not just wake up once, he says, wake up twice. Wake up, wake up. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, wake up, just in case they need to wipe the sleepy dirt out of the eyes. It says, wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. For the unclean, for unclean and godless people will enter your gates no longer. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Here, Isaiah's prophesying to some people who are going to be taken captive. They're not captive yet, but they will be, and they're going to be in captivity for about 150 years. And, and Isaiah's warning them, and he's encouraging them by these words, that at a time when they're in captivity, that they'll come back to these words and they'll find strength from them to say that, hey, God hasn't forsaken you. God's working. And in this passage, Isaiah gives some, some pretty direct instructions to them. And we're gonna today break down those instructions because when it comes to thanksgiving, I don't believe God wants us to be thankful just a couple of times a year or just in certain moments. You know, just at birthdays or anniversaries or, or, or graduations. God wants us to carry an attitude of gratitude, a spirit of thanksgiving wherever we are and wherever we go. How many believe that? Come on, how many like hanging out with thankful people? You know, we all like being around thankful people. In fact, we get a little bit mad and a little bit frustrated when people don't show their thanks. Oh, those ungrateful people. They didn't say thank you. They're just entitled. You know, they think they deserve everything. Yeah, you like being around thankful people. Thankful people have, have a magnetic pull to their life. And I pray as believers, as a church, we know what it is to carry a spirit of thanksgiving wherever we go. That we understand the habits of thanksgiving. It wouldn't be just behavior we put on and put off, but it would be something that we have in our hearts that's not determined by the sky, by what's happening with the weather. It's not determined by our moods and our emotions. It's not determined by what's going on around us. It's determined by who lives within us. And uh, today we want to talk about where Thanksgiving stems from. You know, how many would say they are naturally a thankful person? Lift up their hand, you know, naturally a thankful person. Person. Some of us would say, well, no, I'm not that, but, you know, it's something I am, but I have to work at it. But then there's others of us who would say, well, 
you know, I tend to lean on the, uh, the, half, uh, the glass half empty side. I, I tend to be negative. I, I tend to be a little bit cynical. Uh, well, I want to today talk about some habits that I believe uh, that will reproduce Thanksgiving in your life. Because I, I believe we're all called to live a life where we're thankful. And it, it's something that we need to embrace on a daily basis, not just at one moment. And so how do you live a life of Thanksgiving? Well, I believe one of the keys is found in verse 1 of chapter 52. It's wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Not, not just once, but again, twice. Wake up. You know, just in case you didn't wake up the first time, he's saying, come on, I want you to be awake. How many know you can be awake physically right now, but you can be asleep spiritually? Yeah, you can be awake in this meeting, but your mind can be somewhere else. It can be thinking about lunch. It can be thinking about the All Blacks versus Ireland. It can be thinking about many different things. But what I want to say to you is not just wake up. I want to say wake up, wake up. Because I, I believe it's so important that we live with our spiritual, our spirit man, our spirit woman awake to the things of God. Uh, this is a call to people have been spiritually asleep. And, and I love how Isaiah says, you're not even gonna see God working in your life unless you're first awake to what He's doing around you. you know, in fact, Jacob in the Bible, he said, how awesome is God in this place? But I almost missed it. I didn't perceive it. I almost overlooked it. I wanna declare God is amazing in your life. But for you to see it, for you to realize it, you've got to wake up. Not just physically, you've got to wake your spirit up to what God is doing. You know, the first thing we need to do is we need to open our eyes. So God can show us His beauty. If you don't open your eyes, you won't see it. It'll be as though it never existed. He says, come on, wake up. Awake, O Zion. God is looking right now, I believe, for a church, for a people that are awake. They're alive, that are ready, whose hearts are open, whose mind is receptive. That's why I like the fact that we're doing a fast. Because what a fast does is it awakens your spirit. It deadens some of your other senses. But it awakens your spirit to God. And your spirit is willing. Your spirit is hungry. You know, some of you go, well, I just don't feel like doing this. It's because you're living from your five senses rather than your spiritual sense. But what a fast does is it awakens your spirit to what God's doing. It awakens your spirit to what He's wanting to do in and through your life. Come on, somebody say, wake up. You've got to wake up because God is moving. I, I don't want to be groggy, you know, wiping the sleepy dirt out of my eyes. Groggy when it comes to our attitude. You know, having that attitude of thanksgiving. You know, you, know, you know, we want, sometimes we want God to work, but we don't actually see He's already working. It's almost like we slept through it. You know, when I had young kids, you know, baby, so you want your, your baby to sleep through the night in Jesus' name. Sometimes I slept through and I'd get up in the morning, man, it was awesome, the baby slept through. And Kathy would go, no, they didn't. You slept through, <laughs> the baby didn't. And, uh, but, you know, when it comes to God's purpose and promise, you don't want to sleep through some stuff. 
Some of us right now, it's like we're in our motions, we're in our routines, and we're just sleeping through what God's doing. I really believe in the next season, God wants to surprise some people. He wants to bless some people. He wants to get some things to you. But if you're not awake, you'll miss it. If you're not awake, it'll just bypass you. Sometimes it's like we want to act like like God hasn't even shown up. Because then at least we can blame other people. You know, we, we can be the victim. You know, it's like he came, he was here, but you didn't perceive him. You missed him. And it's like you missed him because you weren't awake. You weren't a lot. You weren't awake. You were asleep. You're groggy. It's like he wanted to bless you. He did bless you, but you missed it. You know, he was directing some things to you, but you overlooked it. How many days do we live in a, a spiritual haze missing the presence of God? How many times do we, we slumber through life saying, you know, oh, I'm looking for God's blessing without realizing that God has already blessed us, that He's helping us, that, he, that, that He's strengthened us. And we've missed it because we're asleep, we're out for the count, we're knocked out. You know, we're gone. Some of us this morning, we need some spiritual smelling salt. You know, it's like we need a, uh, we, we need to wake up. You know, we need to wake up our praise. We, as the psalmist says, we need to awaken the dawn. To awaken the dawn is to bring on a new day. Some of us are stuck in our past. We're stuck in yesterday. But praise brings on a new day. Come on, would we be a church that awakens a new day in people's lives? We need to wake our soul. Sometimes in Scripture, you know, you you can read a few verses and, you just take bits and pieces and you take it out of context and you don't really get an understanding of the whole. And, and for this verse, this passage, we need to go back a chapter to understand the context of what's been said. See, Isaiah is a, a poetic book. It's, it's a conversational book. Often uh, the people of God would come with their complaints and their concerns and bring it to Isaiah. And then Isaiah would reply on behalf of God. He'll give, give an answer. And so this was a little bit of a reply to, to what happened in Isaiah 51. So we've got to back up to really understand what's going on. And, and in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 9, it says, listen to this. It says, wake up, wake up, O Lord. Now, this is not God speaking in 52. It's God saying, wake up, wake up, O Zion. But in verse 51, they're going, wake up, wake up, O Lord, clothe yourself with strength. Flex your mighty right arm. Rouse yourself as in the days of old when you slew Egypt, the dragon of the Nile. Now, now let's compare that with chapter 52, verse 1. It says, wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful garments. You know, here we have God's children telling God to wake up. In verse, uh, chapter 51. Saying, God, hey, wake up, get dressed, do something, flex your right arm. The enemies are upon us. God, do something. And then we have in verse 52, God saying, hey, no, you wake up. You wake up, get dressed, clothe yourself. So the question we've got to ask ourselves is who the heck's asleep? Who's asleep? 
You know, because it's 52, it's coming from God. How many know we serve a God who never sleeps nor slumbers? God who's never on vacation, never has any sick days, doesn't have any annual leave. You know, He never leaves early. He's always there. And here God's saying, hey, I'm just waiting for somebody to wake up. I'm trying to get something to you, but you're going to miss it if you're asleep. I'm trying to teach you something, but you're not engaged. And I need you to wake up to what God's doing around here. But we're saying, wake up, God. Where are you, God? I really believe if we're to see what God's doing, what we need to do is we need to increase our, our sensitivity to, to thanksgiving. You know, I travel quite a bit and, you know, traveling, going through different scanners. You know, some have different levels of sensitivity. Sometimes you can walk through with your belt on, with your watch on, and, you know, nothing goes off. Other time, it's almost like you have to get naked to go through those things because there's different levels of sensitivity. You know, attached to that, it's like they turn it up at certain airports. You go through the United States, it's like, man, you have to take off shoes, you have to take off, you know, take everything out of your bag. It's a hassle because the sensitivities higher. You know, other places, you know, New Zealand, flip, Americans get amazed traveling in New Zealand, especially on uh, regional routes. You don't even have to go through security. <laughs> you, know, you just walk on the plane. <laughs> they freak out <laughs> about that. But here's the deal. When it comes to sensitivity, what we need to turn up is we need to turn up our sensitivity to being thankful. Come on, you have something to celebrate right now. You have something to give God thanks for. But you can miss out on what God wants to do because you're not thankful for what He's already done. And if we just tune the sensitivity of our spirit and we take it up a notch, I believe we'd see God's presence more. Some of us right now, we're, we're sensitive to things that could hurt us. We're sensitive to things that offend us. You know, we get sensitive, we get negative. No, but what we need to say is I'm going to decrease my sensitivity to discouragement and I'm going to increase my awareness of His presence. I'm going to wake up. Come on, the Bible says weeping endures for a night. But, 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 but what happens? Joy comes in the morning. Now, morning is what has an AM beside it. Morning is when you wake up. Now, until you wake up, you'll be stuck in weeping. Weeping endures the nights. But the moment you wake up, you know, joy comes to your life. And it comes as we wake up to what God's doing. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, if you believe that, how about clapping your hands right now and giving God some praise? Oh, that's a little bit half-hearted. We can do better than that. Come on. Let's give God thanks today. For every good thing he's done in our life. See, see, the moment you, you decide to wake up and look, I, I bet you'll see God right in the middle of your circumstances, right in the middle of your difficulty. You know, one time it was like the disciples, they were in a storm, they were in a boat. Jesus was in the boat with them, but they were freaking out. And they were concerned because Jesus wasn't responding how they thought he should. And, and it's just like the Israelites and in chapter 51, they're saying, wake up, Jesus, wake up. They're trying to wake Jesus up in the boat. God, do something. You know, in Mark 4, verse 37, you know, fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking 
into the boat. It's not a good thing when waves are breaking into the boat. You got trouble, and they began to fill with water, and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. His head was on a cushion. He was, he was out. He was having a sleep. He was snoozing through the storm. How many have ever felt like that? You're going through something, and it feels like God's just asleep. Where are you, God? It's like He's out of view, out of commission. He's been overworked by everybody else, and He doesn't have time for your, your It's like God's answering their need, their need, and you know, when he's come to me, it's like, man, he needs a vacation. You know, how many ever stood in a queue and you stood in a queue for a long time and you finally almost get to the counter and the, the person at the counter goes on a break? You know, some of us feel like that with God. It's like everybody gets through, gets through, and then, you know, we get to the front of the queue and next minute, the person at the counter, oh, sorry, I need a break. Can't answer my problem. Can't, can't meet my need. <laughs> the disciples, they woke up and they were shouting. It says they woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the wave, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have little faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, here's the deal. Uh, the disciples were wanting Jesus to wake up. Now, they're wanting Jesus to wake up to what was going on. But he wanted them to wake up to who he was. To, uh, you, you have little faith. You know, it's, it's finally they came to the conclusion, who is this man? That even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, I, I really now want to move on to my next point, but some of you are still a little bit too sleepy. You haven't really got it. You, you, need, you need to wake up. See, 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 we need our spiritual eyes to be open to, to what God's doing. See, uh, we spend too much time alerting God to our problems. You know, I've got a problem over here. I've got a bill that I need to pay. You know, I need this healed. I need this, God, I need this sorted. And we're alerting God to our problem. But we're missing the fact that He's present. He's there. We, we, we think if we alert God to the problem, He will do something. Meanwhile, we miss God because He's standing in the problem telling us, alerting us to His presence. God is saying right now, I'm right here. I'm there. I'm right in the storm. I'm in the boat with you. I'm your ever-present help in your time of trouble. Come on, you don't need to fear. You don't need to be afraid. You just need to put, my tr put your trust in me. See, instead of starting your day trying to alert God to your problem, why not start your day trying to alert your spirit to His presence? Yeah, and the way that you do that is by praising Him. Praise is, is something that ignites your spirit so that you can go through your day and you can see what God wants to do. Your eyes are open to, to what He's wanting to release, the doors of opportunity He's wanting to swing wide open. I like what Proverbs says in Proverbs 10, verse 5. Listen to this. It says, a wise youth harvests in the summer. Take note, all the young people who are finishing university school. A wise youth harvests in the summer. In other words, a wise, a wise youth gets a job. Doesn't just have two months holiday, three months holiday. Gets a job. A wise youth, oh, it got real quiet there. 
Come on, come on. Uh, the parents should be saying a big amen there. A wise youth harvests during the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Yeah, have a break, but don't sleep until 11 a.m. every day. Come on, get, get to work. Get to work. Do something. You've you got to understand when it comes to life, every day there's a harvest all around you. But the only way that you experience that harvest is if you wake up. I want to say right now, there's a harvest of encouragement if you wake up in the Spirit. There's a harvest of joy. There's a harvest of energy and strength. But you've got to wake up. See, we need two alarm clocks. We need the first alarm clock to go off so we put our feet on the ground. And we need the second alarm to go off where we wake up our spirits. So that's why having a devotion and praising God right at the beginning of the day is so important because it sets your, it gets your spirit engaged. So you're open to the opportunities and the possibilities and the harvest that God has for your life. Come on, God has a harvest for you. How many believe that? But here's the deal. If you don't see it, you can't reap it. You know, and let's not be caught up in the old days. You know, Isaiah 51 did you notice it? It says, rouse, your, uh, rouse yourself as in the days of old when you slew Egypt. In other words, people were dreaming of what God did in the past. You know, you can miss God in your present because you're dreaming of what the past used to be. How it used to, but God is present now. Yeah, right now. And God says to His people, if you stop thinking and dreaming about what I used to do, what you used to have, and what it used to be like, and you wake up your soul, you wake up your spirit to what I'm doing now, you'll see that I want to do even more than what I did in the past. He wants to do a new thing in Jesus' name. Come on, He wants us to take hold of every good thing that He's got for us, but we need to wake up. Somebody say, wake up. Slap your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up today. So the first instruction if we're to live with a spirit of gratitude is, number one, we need to wake up. Number two, the second thing we need to do is put on clothes. Aren't you glad that people came to church with clothes on this morning? <laughs> Amen. We're glad that people wore clothes. So you got to wake up, but you got to put on clothes. you got to put on clothes. I like how Isaiah puts it. It's like getting ready. He's got some ritual. He says, wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on beautiful clothes. Put on beautiful clothes. You, you need to wake up. You need to get dressed. You need to pick out your clothes for the day. You know, how people pick out the clothes, I don't know how a lot of people do it. Some of us do it differently. Women, men do it differently. You know, women are always thinking about what's ahead during the day, especially when it comes to shoes. You know, if they have to walk great distances, you know, do I wear trainers? Do I wear low heels, high heels, you know? That goes on. It's like, am I going to you know, be expending energy because I don't want to sweat? I want, I want to glisten. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of thought goes on to it with men. You know, it's just going, okay, well, what's clean? <laughs> I'll, I'll take whatever's clean. But, you know, it's a lot of us, you know, some, some of us think about it, some of us don't. But here in this verse, it's talking about we need to get dressed on purpose. Uh, before we go into the world, we need to get dressed on purpose, otherwise we'll get hurt. We need to clothe ourselves with strength. You, you have to make a decision to put on beautiful garments. Now, he said beautiful 
garments because that implies that not all clothes are beautiful. You know, we need, need to alert ourselves. We need to look for opportunities of what God wants to do, and we have to get dressed. You know, some of us, the problem is we get dressed, but as we know, some of us don't have beautiful clothes in our closet. And that means some of us need to get rid of some of the old clothes that don't fit anymore. You know, we've been wearing them too long. You know, how, how many have that, that, a favorite item of clothing? It's your go-to. Yeah, but sometimes it's gone. Yeah, we all need a, a real friend in life that says, hey, that's not your best look. That may have looked good on you once, but it doesn't look good on you now. Come on, we, we need real friends. Because how many know, sometimes we can't see ourselves properly. Ever looked at a photo of a side-on view? And go, oh, dang, <laughs> I need to make some adjustments there. Or, you know, it's like, you know, we, we, we need real friends. That, you know, I'm sure at one time in a former life that used to fit. It, it doesn't fit you now. It's a little too tight. You're too big for that. Come on, some of us need need that. It's like, you know, even when it comes to cleaning out your closet, you, you throw some clothes away and, you know, you may throw out your spouse's thing and, and like, don't throw out that. No, no, it needs to go. You've been wearing that for ages. Throw it out. And then when they're not looking, you know, the person goes back, takes it out. And it's like, oh, you put it on. And the other person goes, well, I thought we got rid of that. Do you know, you know the Holy Spirit is your best friend. And He'll tell you what doesn't look good on you. Come on, that complaining attitude. That negative mindset. That, that's not your best look. That doesn't fit you. That's cynicism. You need to get rid of that. You need to put on something different. Come on, uh, that, that, that depression. You know, you, you need to say, I'm not going to put on this garment of heaviness. I'm going to put on a garment of praise. I'm going to put on robes of righteousness. You know, I'm not going to carry that, that bitterness any longer. I'm not going to let anger rule my life. I'm not going to be judgmental. Come on, I, 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 that's not our best look. See, see, we need to wake up and we need to get dressed and we need to put on beautiful clothes. Some of us are hoarding stuff, thinking, oh, I might need that someday. You know, it's like we lost some weight and we think we'll keep it just in case we put the weight back on. You know, just, no, we're not going back to that. We're not going back to, we're a new person. And we need to put on beautiful clothes. We need to, come on, are you hearing me this morning? I know it's an analogy. Some of you are taking it a little bit too personally right now. Uh, 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 it's just a metaphor. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> but, but we need to put on beautiful clothes. Come on, that's what it is to carry a spirit of thanksgiving. Some people, it's like they wear negativity. They come into church with it. You know, they even start criticizing and being judgmental. What's the church doing about this? What's the church? No, I like the expression, we are who we are. You know, what that means is we are corporately who we are individually. You know, so many people want the church to be something differently corporately to who they are individually. But we are who we are. 
And so we've got to get rid of some garments. Yeah, even in this season, yeah, in terms of buildings, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating, but yeah, God's in the midst of it. God's working for it. Yeah, we're moving from venue to venue, but God's promised us. And, and it's not buildings, church isn't about buildings, it's about people. And we can't afford to carry negative mindsets. Oh, where's the kids this week? Oh, what's happening with this? Oh, I don't feel cared for. No, we are who we are. It's not the, what's the church doing. So many people go, well, what's the church doing about that? Well, the only place you should say that to is the mirror. Because you are the church. And if you're not doing it, taking responsibility for it over here, why are you expecting everybody else to do something that you're not prepared to do? Come on, you need to grow up and you need to put on some new garments, a garment of responsibility, because that enables us to go forward. Man, I'm excited about what God's going to release in the next season. I'm excited. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but God's got us on an adventure. Come on, what a ride. Yeah, you, know, you can go, oh, I don't know where churches are. Oh, they should have let us know. Yeah, but we get to do this. Yeah, God's working in the middle of it. God's for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, do I get a big amen on that one? Amen. Come on, wake up your spirit. Your spirit will tell you you've outgrown some stuff and you need to get rid of some stuff. And you need to put on Christ. You know, when it comes to a red carpet, you know, at the New Zealand Music Awards, they had a red carpet. People were walking down and, you know, people are, oh, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? And often they'll say, a designer, a label, I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this. You know, and, you know I believe sometimes the Holy Spirit goes, oh, wh- what are you wearing? Well, more importantly, He goes, who are you wearing? Because we've got to put on Christ. We've got to wear Christ. In fact, Paul said, walk worthy of your calling. Another way of saying that is, hey, if you're putting on the jersey, make sure you honor the jersey. Make sure you don't downplay it. If you're wearing the the jersey that represents Christ, make sure you put on Christ. Do it justice. Bring honor to that. Who are you wearing right now? Some of us are wearing defeat. Some of us are wearing a whole lot of stuff that hasn't come from God. And we need to make sure that we put on Christ. We put on Christ. I'm telling my mindset what I'm wearing today. I'm gonna set my mind on things above. I'm telling my tongue what to say today. I'm not just gonna let words come out of my mouth because I understand life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I'm not gonna speak negativity over my destiny. I'm not gonna make judgments. I'm not gonna gossip. I'm going to tell my tongue. I'm going to restrict my tongue on what to say and what not to say. I'm going to line my mouth with what God says. Yeah, I'm too big for gossip. I'm too big for cynicism. I'm too big to wear worry. I'm wearing Him. I'm clothed in Him. I'm covered in Him. See, the best way to get dressed is to get dressed on purpose. And the way that you do that is you lay your clothes out the morning before the night before. You, you lay them out. You don't just wake up, oh, oh, and just, no, you, you lay them out the night before. You, you make a decision in, in advance what you're going to work. You're going to think it, you think it out. Don't just go with whatever's available. It, it can be comfortable to complain. It can be comfortable to feel sorry for yourself. Well, you know, I'm just being real. No, you're being negative. 
yeah, some of us need to get rid of those jeans. They don't look good. Some of us need to get rid of some stuff. And Paul's saying, come on, walk worthy. Put on the garment of praise, the robe of righteousness. I'm not going to wear a hand-me-down attitude I got from some relative. I'm not going to just carry that. Some attitudes and mindsets have come down from previous generations. And we're wearing hand-me-downs. That God's saying, hey, I've got something new for you, something special for you. If we could have the musicians up, I like Ephesians. What Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, put on all. Somebody say all. Come on, let's all say all. All. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. So this isn't just a fashion statement. This is a matter of life and death. You got to awake, 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 O Zion. Put on, clothe yourself with strength. Put on beautiful garments. Verse 13, it goes on and says, therefore put on every piece of God's armor, every piece, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. Then after battle, you'll be still standing. Come on, how many want to still be standing in 10 years' time? No, not just in moments, but in, in the years. Do the course. Still standing. You'll be still standing. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on a belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, when, when it comes to our shoes, man, we need to be running with the gospel, the good news. Some of us, it's like we put on some parts, but we miss other things out. Put on some good shoes. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, if things come at you during the day, you need the shield of faith. It's faith. That stops those fiery darts landing in your spirit. Put on the helmet of salvation. Salvation is your helmet. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Some of us, we've been wearing old shoes. Now we wear hats, but it's not a helmet of salvation. Now, a helmet protects what goes into your mind, what comes in. Some of us allow things in that are taking us down rather than lifting us up. Let's build ourselves in the Word of God. Let's wear the helmet of salvation. Let's use the sword of the Spirit. Let's put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's be ready in season and out of season. You never know when you're going to be called on. In fact, if, if, if you're not ready, it's, it's too late. I love a story just found in the Gospels of Jesus. Disciples brought to Jesus a, a kid who's demon-possessed. The disciples have prayed and hadn't been able to cast out the spirit. They brought him to Jesus, and Jesus goes, ah, you perverse generation, you have little faith. And then he goes on, he says, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. And then right in that moment, he cast out the spirit. How many know he didn't have time to fast before he cast out the spirit? He said, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. Out you come. But what he was doing was he was calling on a reservoir of fasting 
that gave him authority in that moment. See, some of us, we're fasting because we need breakthrough. Some of us, oh, well, I don't need a breakthrough, so I won't fast. Some of us are desperate, so we engage. But if, if you do it when you need it, you're too late. You've got to build up a reservoir. If you just say, oh, well, well, when I need a breakthrough, then I'll pray and fast. It's like, well, no, that's not how. You've got to build some things up in the Spirit so that when you need it, you have access to it. So many of us are trying to access things in moments. And that's why I'm saying when it comes to Thanksgiving, let's not just be thankful in a moment, but let's carry a spirit of Thanksgiving because that makes us continually aware of what God's doing among us so that we can keep in step with Him, so that we can walk in the fullness of what He's purposed and promised for our life. Come on, Thanksgiving. The Bible says in Psalm 100, enter His gates with Thanksgiving and come into His courts with praise. Serve the Lord with gladness. I believe this just something. As we thank God, we're acknowledging the truth about our life that releases more of God. And you know, especially coming into the end of the year, it can be a busy season. I want to say, don't go on holiday from God. Wake up your spirit in the morning. Don't feed your stuff. Feed your life with Netflix and many other things. Enjoy that for a moment, but make sure you're awake, awake. Not just awake, but awake, awake. Awake physically and awake spiritually in Jesus' name. Amen.